0: Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Well, hey, good morning, everyone. It's amazing to be here today. It really is. And uh, it's a it's a joy for me. My wife sends greetings from snowy Arizona, uh, where she is for the weekend. She wished she could be here, but um, she's certainly with here. Here with my voice because she has taken out all of the inappropriate comments from my message. I want to just begin by by saying this, that uh, as far as Living Word and myself personally and the other churches, we're rejoicing right now in what God is doing here in the church. Uh, This is not a formality. This is a celebration time. This is a time where we can look and say, praise God for all that he has done. And so because when your leadership is healthy and when your leadership is growing, it's a demonstration of God's grace to you, because that means God is doing good things in the church and he's preparing you for more. And so we have a clear um, understanding that God is blessing and preparing you for more because he is giving you more and increasing leadership. Um, I want to particularly just comment uh, to Johnny and Michelle and how they deserve a lot of the credit and the honor today, because this what's happening today is an extension of your leadership, John. So well done. Yeah, the health and the well-being and the, the trajectory of this church, obviously for eight years, uh, Johnny was the guy leading the charge on that. And so um, even this new eldership was uh, something God birthed in you, and that was coming to fruition. I think... Uh, I think it's already been said well today about uh, just how remarkable and how much we should be grateful for the grace of God in providing a, such a good pastor to launch this church. Such a remarkable transition in terms of God just speaking with, to Johnny and Michelle and, and how that worked with John Leitzel coming. Uh, this, is, this is a remarkable thing that God has um, not subtracted anything but added to you guys. And is adding again, so even as we set in Jason and set in Luke as elders we're actually, we're taking off the temporary tag from John Leitzel, and he is now the pastor here until he dies yeah. so until the Lord or someone else takes him that's just a joke where's Karen I'm joking uh, but it's it's right and good to acknowledge how amazing it is that. God has transitioned someone in so capable during the transition and now the amen of God and the Holy Spirit is saying yes going forward to you, John Leitzel. So, well done. It's a credit to you. Yeah, to acknowledge and honor the other leadership and yet lead in your own right. It's beautiful. I have a word, a single word. John said you can bring one word. I said, is that like a metaphorical word or one actual word? Because you know what I'm like metaphorical word, but it's, it's this. It's from Romans 5, so if you have Bibles, and if you don't, you should have a Bible. <laughs> I'd be happy to give you a Bible. If you have one, you should read it. Occasionally, out loud, in front of your family. Romans 5, it says this, starting in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith... Anybody here been justified through faith? Come on, wait. Let me just let's just be clear on this. I'm going to see if I get you riled up a little bit. Being justified by faith means how many people have had somebody very angry at them? Right, if you're a husband here today, has your wife been just furiously angry with you at any point? Yes. And all these accusations, most of which are true, some of which are exaggerated, but their wrath is there. Never. It's a new experience. Just try to extend your imagination then. When the Bible says that we have been justified by Jesus, it means that the wrath of God, which was legit and real and pending and upon you, that wrath has been removed. You were in big trouble, and then Jesus came and removed the trouble from your life. Because all of sin and and the, the consequences of that sin and living under the burden of the consequences and the pending wrath of God has been removed in Christ Jesus. Are you happy about that? I am. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. To extend the metaphor, how great is it to have peace with your wife? Say amen. Happy wife, happy life. I sent my dad a text because our hot water blew up. He blew up this week. And I put it back in and he he was checking on me. And he says, "It working. I said, it's working really good. Happy wife. And he texts back to me, happy life. (laughs) It's generational. It's true always. But we have peace with God. God is not angry with us, quite the opposite. God is delighted with us. It's an incredible transformation to be enemies of God, to be objects of wrath, and then suddenly come into this place where we have peace. How beautiful it is to be a part of a family of peace. You walk in your door and... and Your children greet you and your wife. It's like, wow, what did I do to deserve peace in my home? Some of us, maybe you're here and you're still reaching to God for peace in your home. Praise God, it's coming, right? He's the God of peace. That we now have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And it's this beautiful picture of people standing, living in grace. Not knocked over. You may get knocked over, but you know what? The grace of God will cause you to stand once again. And there's incredible, beautiful picture of the good news of Jesus Christ is that the wrath of God is gone, the peace of God has come, and now we can stand in the grace of God. It's a simple message. It is the essence of the gospel. Paul is doing one of these beautiful little recapitulations of what it means to experience Jesus in your life. And then this is my word. And we boast. The ESV says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And my word this morning is this. It's to the new elders. It's to the old elders. It's to to the entire church. Can you boast in hope? Can you boast? Can you rejoice in hope? Now, if you say, well, in hope of the glory of God, well, what is that? Well, it's what I just said. The hope that we have is that the wrath of God has gone. The peace of God has come. And now we stand, we live, we move, we breathe in the grace of God. And in that there is life, fullness of life. And so for a church to be able to rejoice or to boast in hope, it means that God will always make a way. That there's nothing too difficult or complicated or too far gone where God can't work His redemptive purposes. The message today is simple. Can this church embody a boast, a joy in hope? I mean, some of you, I mean... I, I caught half of the announcements because the kids were cheering and hollering through the whole thing. Evidently, the children of the church love the announcements because they get extra loud during the announcements. I'm like, I think something's happening somewhere with someone I don't know, but these kids are excited about it. But I, I know what it's like. I, I've been young and now I'm old to have children in our my family, and you see all the the great. Adorable things. I met this little adorable girl a minute ago. She had cheeks to the side of New Hampshire, which is just beautiful. And we get, we're intoxicated with it. But we also know the exhaustion of what it means to be in a home. And to see our kids not quite get it right for a long time. And we wonder like, oh no, where is this going, Lord? Help us. To be someone who can boast, who can rejoice in hope in the midst of your home. My daughter just got married. I, I I could not believe it. I have a married daughter. Bring it. Come on, I deserve a little love for that. It's not the ultimate finish line, but it's a finish line of sorts. I gave him a giant manila envelope with all of her school bills and responsibilities. I said, enjoy your wife, my brother. I didn't do that. But I, I did, and, I, and the whole thing was like, God, you have been so faithful. You took a flawed dad and a scared little girl. And somehow in the midst of it, the grace of God was in our home, and you raised her up into this just beautiful, confident, dynamic young woman who chose to get married and a couple of days later moved to Africa. I'm just like, God, how can it be? How can it be? Listen, boast in the hope of God. The glory of God will be demonstrated, manifested in the most simple, smallest of ways and in the most profound ways. I want to take us, as I finish up, to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5 says this, to the elders among you. This is to you, elders. I appeal to you as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Peter is saying, look, I'm appealing to you elders as an elder myself, and I've been through some stuff and I know some stuff. He says this, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God would want you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, speak to me, it's Jesus, right? It's Jesus. You will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Hallelujah. I want to say this to the elders at Mercy Hill Church. The shepherds of God's flock, first of all, they willingly watch. They willingly watch the life of the church. And let me marry that to the word I brought to you. They willingly watch that there is a rejoicing and a boasting and hope present in the congregation. It is the elder's job, church, to make sure that you are casting your hope firmly on the Lord Jesus Christ. That in every high and every low that there resides in your heart a joy and a confidence that God will see you through. The elders that watch, willingly watch, and actively care. I encourage you, church, to receive this from them, whether it's from John or the existing elders or the new elders, as they provoke you to place your hope in God. Because the result of that will be the glory of God in your life. Whether it's the small, this little baby growing into a legitimate person. Whether it's you coming through your financial crisis. Whether it's you forsaking your love of things and comforts and, and putting yourself out there and trusting God in the kingdom and taking new steps of faith. Your life must reflect the hope that is in Christ Jesus. It must. And it is their job to provoke you to hope for more, even when you feel like you should settle. For less. Elders, shepherds honestly serve. They honestly serve. There's no dishonest gain in it. There's no benefit in this life. It is not for lights or glory or for some sort of accolade. It's certainly not for money. At least not in our churches. Trust me, being an elder in any of our churches will cost you a lot more money than you will ever make. I promise you that but you will gain a crown, right? And it's the crown that we're after. And they lead by example. Um, Elders at Mercy Hill Church, I, I challenge you this morning to lead by example, by boasting and hope. That you would in your own heart, amidst all of the challenges and all of the real things that you have to grapple with, Luke and Jason, that you would make it your profound passion in life to boast and hope that whatever comes, whatever conflicts are in your heart or in the world or anywhere else, that you stand as two people, Tim, yeah, Johnny, where's the other ones? Brian, where's John? Holding down the fort. That you guys make it this passionate purpose of your life to live as examples of hope. Because in the midst of that, we'll see the glory of God. Church, can you do it? Can you boast in hope? Can you rejoice in God even though you may not have what you need at the moment? Can you say God is able no matter what the circumstance? Will you respond to your elders well when they say to you, knock it off, put your hope in God, let's go? Amen. Then my job here is through. Thank you.